Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we have another very special guest on the show. Uh, this is my good friend from a long, long time ago. Her name is Keese. She is Christina, Keese, uh, whatever you prefer. Yep. Uh, she is a certified speech language pathologist, uh, and I'm going to let her tell you all about what that is because uh, that's the first time I've ever heard that title. So, Keys, can you give us a quick Absolutely. quick intro? Yes. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. What do you do? Uh, so, I prevent, diagnose, and treat speech disorders, language disorders, swallowing disorders, voice disorders, um, neurogenic or like cognitive communication and social skill deficits. Um, I work with the pediatric population all the way up to the geriatric population. So pretty much anyone. Um, And I specialize in early intervention, which is birth to three. Um, So I have an additional certification where I get to help parents kind of coach them with kiddos who have language delays yeah perfect i'm gonna be a parent soon (laughs) yes (laughs) i will be there (laughs) it's a blessing and a curse i'm gonna tell you i've had to i have had to step in before and be like hey you know i'm noticing some things why don't we get some speech therapy going (laughs) so hopefully that's hilarious (laughs) that's very cool though um you used some words there that i have no clue what they were i i got the swallow uh and the and the speech and the other one but then there were like three other ones that okay. make no sense to um, me yet. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. So uh, like cognitive communication, um, these are people who have had strokes or tumors in the brain. Um, what sometimes happens is they get something called aphasia, which is a language uh, problem um, where they either have difficulty comprehending what you said or they um, have difficulty producing you know, words. So wherever the stroke is in your brain, it's going to cause you to have a different type of language problem. Um, So that's one thing. Feeding is another one. I mean, it's self-explanatory. You're having difficulty with feeding, but there's a lot into it. Um, And you're helping, you know, young kids all the way up to geriatric. So uh, what else was there? And is geriatric like super old? Yes, sorry. Uh, so All right. pediatric, when am I considered geriatric? Yeah, yeah. Like birth, when I hit 50, am I geriatric now? <laughs> birth to death is what we treat. So um, okay. up until like, yeah, like ALS, um, you know, we have people. Oh, we also uh, work with people who don't actually use their voice, like augmentative and alternative communication, which oh, I cool. love. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, um, like ASL, like... Like American a, Sign Language and all like, that? Um, have you ever seen somebody using a device instead of their voice to communicate yeah. or typing? Yeah. Um, things like that. So we helped Stephen with that. Hawking did that. Yes, yes, he did. He had uh, ALS. Um, right, right, yeah. Degenerative disease. Um, so luckily he was able to, you know, get that device because uh, so a lot of people don't realize that that's out there and that they can use it. Um, there's also something called voice banking, which Mm -hmm. is where if you know that you have a degenerative disease and that you're just going to get worse, you can actually record yourself now and keep 
that voice on your device, which I think is amazing. So, that is so cool. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things out there that people don't know about with speech. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, me and Matt are lucky because we've been recording our voice for about two years now. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, if anything were to ever happen, we, ha- we have our voices. Yeah. Voice disorders, um, trauma to the voice. I work with that, too. Yeah, or, uh, or who knows? Maybe in the future, they'll use our voice as AI or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. <laughs> we're we're going to have to be saying a lot of like, make a right turn now, left turn now, get it in while, while we can. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, like, that's uh, that's super cool, though. Uh, what? How so did you much. get into speech therapy? Like, what do you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I honestly, I was at CSUN in Northridge and I was undecided and I just was looking at like the list of things they had and I'm like, communication disorders and science okay i'm gonna go for that and i just kind of went with it and i fell in love with it and i realized oh i can do something i'm interested in and make a lot of money so that's super um, cool (laughs) that's that's what i wanted i wanted to help people without um getting into the medical side like i didn't want to be a doctor um, or a nurse i just can't handle blood as much as i respect people who do that uh that wasn't for me so i found a different route (laughs) no that is Um, awesome yeah. Uh, do, do you see I, obviously we're on the anxiety podcast so we talk a lot about like mental health and anxiety yes is there a lot of um mental health i guess related things that go like do do a lot of people that have speech therapy also have some sort of mental health disorder like do they get anxious because they can't talk or you know Absolutely. get depression because yes Yes. Um, So fluency is like stuttering. A lot of those Mm -hmm. people usually tend to be um, overly sensitive. And so um, that can cause a lot of anxiety when they are communicating with others. So they will stutter more um, if they're nervous or if they're upset or I've had professors who treat fluency and stuttering and even them when during COVID time they started to stutter again because of the emotional and the anxiety component um right so that's just one thing but yeah like even um ADHD and uh, autism they they struggle with um anxiety as well so it is something that we have to be aware of yeah yeah that makes sense and you guys do you just I guess uh recommend them to yeah, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Them. Pediatric psychologist or a psychologist for an adult. Um, if we're seeing, you know, that they need to go get help, we absolutely can do that. That's part of our job to refer out. Um, but, you know, we just try to make things as comfortable as possible for our clients because it is hard when you come in and somebody's just kind of um, observing you and listening to how you talk and um, all of that. So we try to make it as calm as possible <laughs> no definitely i mean i can only imagine yeah being you know just being watched like you go you go on stage and do a presentation and you already feel like you're being watched so you start getting anxious but yeah. going somewhere where like they're literally watching you to like find out what's you know yeah. how to help like what's wrong so that they can help you absolutely um i can yeah. imagine how much more mm-hmm. uh stress you know it can put on you yeah uh and and like mental angst it can you know it can uh, contribute to absolutely yeah it's a it's a very like high intense moment (laughs) to be in that speech room and try to perform the way they want you to um but i've i've kind of 
changed the way that I do things. And I do a lot of child-led therapy. So I kind of let them choose things. What do you want to do today? Um, I've changed it a lot because the old school mentality was like the clinician knows everything. Like we're doing it this way. I don't care what the parents think, you know. So I've kind of changed that and made it. So it's it's comfortable for them. I'm there to help them. I'm not there to cause more anxiety, you know. Right. So. No, that's super cool. Um, knowing, uh, I, I guess, just being aware that they're anxious can can help. But kind of like everything else, right? Me, me and Matt talk about this a lot. Where, you know, if we hadn't told each other that we had anxiety, the show would have never happened. Like we we would have just gone on, sort yeah. of, <laughs> you know, suffering by ourselves, never yeah. knowing what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so knowing, I think, is kind of half the battle. Yeah. Uh, and then once you know you can start helping yeah i think you guys are doing an amazing job like i'm so happy for you guys that you're doing that because it is something i'm very passionate about too like um because i i struggle with anxiety a lot of the time too so it's nice knowing other people are going through what you're going through you know when you go somewhere and you're like okay what should, you know what should i do right now um oh but there's other people out there they're you know struggling so no, I agree. I, I know right before we started the show, you were saying you were starting to feel anxious about the show and coming it's, on. It's just it's just me. Like anywhere I go, if it's something new, like I'm just nervous. Even if it's a new restaurant, like downtown L.A., the driving there and I don't even I can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I completely understand. The unexpected. It's the unexpected for me. Yeah, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's that's what anxiety is, right? Like you don't know. Yeah. So you, you start feeling You're kind of living like one minute, um, you know, faster than everybody else. Yeah. Um, what's going to happen or, um, you know, you're not really living in the moment. I definitely don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Um, what I guess what uh, how have you experienced anxiety or what, you know, Yes. Is there anything um, you want to talk about related to that? Yeah, I think that uh, grad school actually caused a lot of anxiety. As much as I love my career, um, I struggled a lot. It was really difficult. They're giving you a lot of information. I mean, I listed all the things we have to learn. So um, it's just a lot of information. And I think, you know, that extra like pressure of like, you have to get a 4.0, you have to you, you don't get any B's in grad school. Like we were all trying to get A's and um, it was just very intense. And so I just started planning my life ahead of time. Like I was always like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. But I wasn't actually living in the moment. And I think um, the two and a half years that I did that, I kind of, when I got out of it, I realized, oh my goodness, like I'm actually struggling with this. It's, uh, it's intense. And yeah. You know, that's, that, that, that is interesting. Is, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, childhood stuff and everything. There's a there's a lot that goes into why someone has anxiety. Like oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. No, that that is interesting though. I don't think we've ever really approached that. But like, if you have that like planning mentality, right, yeah, where you're yeah. always yeah. planning things ahead. Yes. Yes. You kind of get into the habit of doing that, and then like when it comes to like your mm -hmm. kind of like everyday stuff, right? Like you start doing that, but then it starts causing you anxiety because that's what anxiety is. Like, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about all these scenarios that won't, maybe won't really happen, but you're kind of psyching yourself up. Yep. yep. Um, Absolutely. So that is very interesting. Yeah. And Matt, you've been quiet 
throughout this whole thing, <laughs> which is very weird. Uh, we've been talking for about 12 minutes now, and you haven't said a single word. I'm probably I over talking. Sorry. No, no, you're you're completely fine. You're doing great. I'm having to do all the talking here. I I was waiting for it because every single time we have anybody on for an interview, I will sit and just listen and absorb. And there gets to a point where a shot just goes, I'm done talking. Don't have any more questions. <laughs> Matt, you've been awfully quiet. Like, say something. And then I jump in. So it's just, it's funny that those patterns are just repeating themselves, right? We need to get the people going and, you know, I guess, you know. <laughs> It's provocative. Is it? yeah. <laughs> so, so are we going to talk about the Kanye West beef? Like, <laughs> we, we can. Yeah, no, I mean, I like, it, it's, it's always funny when I do shut up and listen, the shot's always like, what's wrong with you? It's so different. Um, because even though I won't shut up a lot, Thank you, ADHD. Um, I speak when you said ADHD earlier, because I, I recently got diagnosed um, as an adult, oh, okay. which has been crazy. I've talked a lot about it. That's um, common. It's sometimes, common. what I would notice uh, one, I think I've mentioned this before, but I was talking about it before the show. Like, I think it was in the third grade, and I had to go to a speech therapist mm -hmm. uh, for not being able to pronounce my S's. And then I got over that, I don't know, fairly quickly. Um, which was which is good, right? They sent me back to the Gen Pop with all the other kids. I was no longer the, the special kid. Um, but you always be special to me, Matt. Oh, thanks, buddy. But what I will notice sometimes, and maybe this is the ADHD thing, is like if my brain is trying to say too many things at once, and I'm like, I don't stutter, but I don't speak. Like okay. I get tongue tied in the opposite way. Where I'm like, uh, but and like I'm like trying to say something, and then it just doesn't come out. But um. I realized like after relaxing and like being able to calm myself down and just kind of trying to be more present, it's a lot easier to just speak what I'm thinking as opposed to that like rapid fire in my brain that just like just say all the words at once and then it comes out with like the wrong word and you know, some <laughs> some new wordle that um you know, that's uh, just all the rave. So Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's common. That's a pretty common thing, especially if, if you do struggle with anxiety as well like putting that with the adhd and there's just there's a lot going on in our brain like in, in order for us to do what we're doing there's a lot that has to go right so um it makes sense that we all kind of have our moments i mean i have moments too where i i'm struggling with word retrieval just like oh what was that word or you know like it happens we're we're human <laughs> yeah that happens to me all the time actually I'm just like, I, I know there's a word for this. Yeah. I just, yeah. I can't think of it right now. What is the damn word? It's just like. And I'll try to explain it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll try to explain the word. And I'm like, well, there it is. I'll finally come to it. The the brain makes the right connections I eventually. I was just going to say that is a therapeutic technique we use with people with aphasia who have language uh, issues like adults. Um, describe the word. You know, what what is it? Uh, even the senses, like what, is, what does it look like or what does it sound like or whatever, and it'll come to you. Um, oh, that's so very that's cool. So you're already doing it. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've learned some from your videos. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for watching my videos. I just yeah, started doing it randomly, and honestly, I'm just doing it because it's fun. Like It, that, it looks that, like a lot of fun. I'm, yeah. Once it starts getting like where I feel like this is a burden on me, I'm not going to do it. Because I just want to enjoy it, and I want my videos to feel like very positive, very funny, um, very light. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course, and they are, and um, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're super informative, and 
very very enjoyable to watch why don't why don't you plug your video channel channel youtube oh i think it's instagram Instagram. Instagram. yes it's a reel yeah it's like reels i i haven't got too techie yet with the youtube and all of that yeah yeah that makes sense i know pre uh, before the show we kind of talked about some things i want to approach Mm -hmm. and one of those things was um something well both of those things are things we've talked about on the show before and touched upon but i guess kind of in your own experience Mm -hmm. um how you know we kind of touched upon uh imposter syndrome and sort of getting burned out Mm -hmm. um how has your experience been with with those um yeah imposter syndrome i didn't even know what it was i was like like i was so confused with, and everyone would talk about it and i thought about it and i'm like oh my god this is what i'm struggling with like after grad school i was like i i can't like i'm faking it this is not me this is, but i have my credentials like i have right. my license i worked so hard to get here and um it's a real thing you really genuinely think that you don't deserve what you've worked hard for um and a lot of speech language pathologists do deal with this because our job is not black and white like we are always it's a lot of trial and error with the with therapy so one thing might work for one kid one might think for you know for another kid it's just it's just always changing and um so you always are doubting yourself so I struggled with that. Like my first year after grad school, I um, I also got really burnt out um, because I was doing too much. I was watching too many things. I was, um, you know, like too much into my books and trying to get the best therapeutic t- uh, strategies. And so I exhausted myself. <laughs> no, so, that makes sense. Yeah, currently I'm actually, I'm trying to start my own private practice, um, but I, I had to quit my job. Because I was not happy anymore. As much as I loved my career, I I realized, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go to work. And when you go to school for like almost eight years, um, you want something that you're not going to get burnt out. You want to enjoy your job. And so I made a lot of a, a lot of mistakes. Um, I was I didn't have a nice work life balance. I really didn't. It was all about work. Um, because these kids, you care about them. You. You want the best for them and you're you're so hard on yourself when something doesn't go the way you want or at the speed you want um so that's kind of a speech pathologist perspective of imposter syndrome and burn burnout at least no, and i think both <laughs> no that it, it's common right and i think both of us have also experienced a lot of those same things yeah just maybe in different different ways like mm-hmm. um i know when i first started work it was similarly like I had gone to school and learned all this stuff about technology and I started and I, I knew what I was doing, but I just felt yeah. like I didn't belong or like mm-hmm. um, that I wasn't doing it right. And even like even more recently, kind of within the last year, I started managing a team mm-hmm. um, and, and pretty much everyone on the team is older than me. So I felt very, very yeah. uh, a lot like an imposter, right? Because yeah. I was like, well... I don't know if I'm qualified for this, you know, they're all older than me. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, manage them and how I'm going to do this. And, you know, how, how do you, how will I gain their respect? Are they going to, um, uh, you know, think of me as like, just because I'm younger or less experienced, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. um, 
it is hard. And it wasn't until uh, we've talked a lot about kind of getting professional help, but my professional help was a little bit different. I attended a leadership course and I, I started talking to my mentor in that leadership course about all this. And, you know, they were like, same thing. It's very common. Like, you're not the only one that struggled with that. And kind of gave me some strategies to yeah. uh, to approach that. Kind, kind of what you did, right? Like, realizing that, like, you do have experience, right? Like, you have done all this. Like, the reason that you got hired or that you got promoted or whatever is yeah. because other people saw that in you, too. Absolutely. Um, it's not like you cheated your way in or yeah. blocked your way in, right? Yeah, you work hard. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, a lot of those same things, I think it's very common for, for a lot of people, especially if you have anxiety. I think that just like just makes, makes so it. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. just happened to me at once. Like it was, I, I realized I had anxiety. I was dealing with the imposter syndrome, burnout. Like all these things were all at once. And I'm like, and it, the funny thing is like, people would come to me and be like, oh, you're doing so amazing. And can you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting on that front, but really you're struggling yourself. And um, I could just imagine like, you know, how, like I look at other people and I think they have it all together and I'm sure they're dealing with something. So that kind of helps. Yeah. <laughs> we're all kind of dealing with something. <laughs> Everyone's got something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you think that, having a sort of support group and people to be able to talk about those issues in like grad school would have helped. I know oh my like, gosh, yes. so many people that I've talked to went to grad school are just like, I'm so burnt out from it because oh gosh, they're probably yeah. working while also going to school and just yep. like everything. And it sounds like that's a pretty common thread I've seen. So was there, was there any support for you in grad school or like any like opportunities for those types of things or like, I guess, do I'm you sure think there was, but I didn't really look into it. You know, like I was so realistically, I was so focused on just making sure that I passed and I got everything done that I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, so I'm sure maybe there, there might've been a group that was talking and venting to each other, but I was just totally the <laughs> other way. <laughs> um, but I wish I, I wish I had um, taken care of myself more and really thought about my mental health. And given myself at least the weekends to just unwind, um, that would have probably changed a lot of things. We did kind of like de-stress with each other in, in study groups, but you're studying. You're still doing it. Like you're not really getting out of that environment. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Uh, and I mean, I'm same thing with the burnout, right? I, I think it would have, having that time yeah. away from it would have helped. Uh, we talk a lot about habits yeah. and getting into the ha habit of things, but um, also kind of getting out of certain bad yeah. habits, right? And, yes. um, and not necessarily bad, but just uh, having the ability to see that maybe you're focusing on something too much, that it's negatively impacting your health, physical or mental or what, you know, impacting you negatively in some way. Absolutely. And learning how to take action and take a step back maybe. Yeah, too too much of anything is ter it's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> so you have to have a balance with everything. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that with with school because that's all I cared about at the time. Um, yeah, and it's common, right? I mean, you're going to school. <laughs> feel like you you're you're kind of like, hey, I'm here to learn. I'm here to like do this yeah. thing. I, yeah. You feel like you don't really have a choice to do anything else. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And focus on other things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it can be like that in other situations too. Um, like I'm sure, but with your work, right? You were saying that you were so focused on like trying to help these kids and stuff. Uh, yeah. And you cared so much about them that you just, you were kind of like, you had tunnel vision for only that one thing. Um, yeah. And you couldn't really see everything outside of that. Absolutely. It was really hard for me to just come home and not think about it. Um, especially when they're, they're, you're dealing with parents. Um, I love working with parents. I know some people hate it <laughs> because, well, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult to work with a parent and their child when the child is dealing with something so hard. Um, but they really do vent to you and, and they cry in, in my sessions and they tell me about really deep moments in their life. And it's, it's hard to block that because I care about my clients and, um, so you're just trying to help with whatever you can, you know, you're not, it's not just the kid, it's the parent. And so it was just a lot of, a lot of stress. Yeah, that's tough. Me. It sounds like the parents are kind of using you as like their own personal psychologist in a way too. And they, kind of like, really do. right. Yeah. Like kind of sharing all that with you. Yeah, that. Yeah, we do counsel. I mean, obviously it's part of our job to be able to counsel and refer out if, if needed. But, um, but yeah, that's not our primary yeah. <laughs> job. <laughs> we try to listen. We try to be there for the parents. Um, but I, I get it. It's, it's not an, it's not easy to hear that your child has autism or, you know, some type of diagnosis that you just did not expect to hear. Um, no, totally. Yeah. What's your experience with, I guess, kids you've helped and who, who I don't want to like, I don't want to say graduate, but kind of like you know, have gotten to a point where maybe they don't need speech therapy anymore or need less of it. Like, do they, have you seen their mental health improve? Have you seen like their parents, you know, in a different state? Like what's the kind of the outcome? Yeah. Yeah. So with my early intervention kiddos, I only have them for about three years and then they graduate. Um, But majority of them do so well that they really don't need it after um, when they start going into preschool. And yeah, everything changes. Their behaviors change. Um, they're able to advocate for themselves. You know, I don't want this. And um, even like parents are just more easygoing and more calm because their child is finally able to say what they need and what they want. Um, so it is really amazing. It, I, I've gotten very emotional <laughs> with my clients, uh, you know, when they produce their first words or if they're able to just have a full on conversation with me. Um, that's kind of when you know, okay, they're they're ready to go. When when the child can get that long term met, when they can communicate with others in their community, um, that's pretty much you know telling you, okay, it's my job is done. So it's it's pretty common, um, but there are some kiddos that obviously they are going to need speech therapy the rest of their lives. There are specific reasons for that, um, specific disorders. So uh, progress is what I care more about. Um, you know, how much has the kiddo changed? And uh, the small things, because parents will, you know, get feel exhausted or just feel like their their child's never going to get better. But I always show them, like, you know, look look at where they were, look how much support they needed and look at where they are now. So I think that's, that's also, to me, that's like graduating, even if they're still with me. Um, they're at a different level of communication yeah yeah i think it's sometimes hard to see that that improvement right 
uh, it is hard to say. Yeah, obviously you just mentioned it about speech, but even just about any kind of uh, disorder or anxiety, me- mental health, anything, right? You yeah. don't see from one day to next you getting just a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you kind of take a step back, zoom out, uh, you realize mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, you've come a long way from where you were. Uh, and yeah. there might still be, you know, a ways to go, but you can't discount the fact that you've, you've, you know, made progress, that you've made yeah. it to the next step. Yeah, it's very hard for us to see that. Um, I always tell my parents, it's like weight loss, right? Like you need to, <laughs> you're not going to see it the first second that you're doing it. Um, you need to take pictures and, and see that progress. And so I try to do it in that way. <laughs> I'm like showing them data of like, you know, what they used to do and what they're doing now even videos of their behaviors before and then you know how they are now so yeah that's um, uh, that's funny about weight loss because you see you know the people you spend your time with all the time they almost never see you getting skinnier or fatter or more muscular or any of that but then you see someone they haven't seen in like four or five months they're like oh my god you you know you've gained so much muscle and you're like yeah i haven't i haven't done anything yeah and then you go and look at a picture of yourself from four months ago you're like damn yeah i did that one is i feel like weight loss is i mean this is totally opposite to what we're talking about but it's a it's a huge anxiety thing i don't know it's just like everyone cares about you know how they look and what's the best thing what can i do to lose weight and be healthy and so you guys i don't know if you've had that topic but you should talk about that and i want to listen Huh. we haven't but uh it looks like matt's writing Maybe. it down so that we will matt has a super <laughs> cool like a, uh, a dietitian or something i know actually That'd i do know cool. a dietitian now that i think about it we'll, we'll have to have her on the show um but matt, matt has a super cool whiteboard desk so I, i'm pretty sure that's what he just did he just pulled nice. out a marker wrote right on his desk yep especially because um what I was going to write on my desk is we're on the same wavelength and to send to you because I was thinking the exact same thing about the, the progress with people and how, you, you know, those closest to you don't see it. But then when you take a, a bigger look or like somebody yeah. you haven't seen in a while. But um, yeah, I mean, weight loss is, is a big thing for anxiety, especially like it, it goes both ways. Like I've been skinny my whole life and everybody's like, don't you eat? Don't you like eating? Maybe you should eat yeah. more. Okay. Why don't you eat? And I'm like. I can't fucking smell. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Food <laughs> tastes like shit. Plug your fucking nose. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I would love to just have a conversation with you about that because that's just so, it's like so interesting. Well, you can and- have a conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we can talk after too. I mean, I don't worry. I've heard every question. Nothing offends me both in, in smelling I, and in I life. Have, I have one. Um, yeah. In terms of like, like your memory, do you feel like it's impacted anything with, well, I don't know if it will. Uh, because a lot of your senses, like your olfactory, is like it does have to do with memory. So ha- I don't know. Has that ever been an issue for you? So that's what's weird. I have a really, really good memory. Okay. And I don't know why, because I know that obviously the nostalgia comes from smells and stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm, maybe I'm, I'm not focused. Okay. My brain's not focused on the like external smells or things coming in. So I'm able to focus my other senses. Yeah. on what's going on i'm kind of like the uh like daredevil you know <laughs> except i can't other smell other senses are heightened yep yes of- exactly exactly yeah. um so do you wear glasses or how's your <laughs> <No>. vision <laughs> no, he, he needs to wear like uh instead of glasses like uh, a patch on his nose something yeah How- so people yeah. know that he can't smell you know 
No, no, I, I have to wear like a plug. It's just, it's like so, you know, otherwise I can, uh, well, I don't know. What would, da- well, because like Daredevil would be able to like see smells or something like in this yeah. example, which would be hilarious. Like if somebody farted, I'd be like, eh, I don't know who it was. It was that guy. I, I, got, I can't smell it, but I know I can see the toxic cloud around the it. shot. I can see it. It's him. Uh, yeah, it it does uh, it does get me in trouble sometimes not being able to smell. There was a situation at work a few years back where um, I farted. It was me. If you see, I've never dealt it because I can't smell it. So if you smelt mm-hmm. it, you dealt it. Never. <laughs> but uh, I farted. You know, didn't think anything of it. I fart all the time, right? We're humans. We fart. Yeah. You know, unless you're who doesn't fart? Kim Jong Un, right? He doesn't fart. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. Right. I, that was like a rumor on the internet a while ago, but. Um, <laughs> And I farted. It was around people. Didn't think anything of it. And somebody's like, dude, what smells like rotten eggs? And I was like. And you're like, I don't know. It was like rotten eggs. That's probably a bad smell. And I just said something like, oh, is that like what protein farts smell like? He's like, yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, what happened over here? And I was like, well, I farted. Like, oh why did you fart around us? I was like, because it doesn't smell. <laughs> like, I can't smell. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I didn't know it was going to be bad. If I knew it was going to be bad, I would have, like, held it. But I just never do because oh I don't know what bad fart smells like. So, yeah. well, you know. Well, you should um, just assume that any fart smells bad <laughs> and just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy's like, yeah, I just, you know, if if I'm eating... Um, good fart food I'll, I'll let one loose but if i'm <laughs> drinking protein shakes maybe i'll keep it in. well I, I think it's because people don't like shame you so much for farting and it's smelling bad right like i was close with the person like dude it smells like fucking rotten eggs in here but for everybody else i feel like if i had farted and it smelled they'd probably just be like oh this guy yeah. farted accidentally right not like yeah. he let it rip because he has no you know basic social understanding of when to fart and not so uh, and Keith obviously is very passionate about the subject because we spent 30 minutes talking about anxiety and speech therapy and he said not one word and then it comes to farting and he goes on a 10 minute rant about it I so, love it yeah it's a topic of interest I like uh, it. what about like like uh certain smells that are like dangerous like how are you gonna that's an issue deal with that that's well, an issue I mean it, it won't matter because. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's listening. Anyways, one day when my comedy special comes out, I will walk out <laughs> wearing a smoke detector around my neck, like Flavor Flav, because oh, that'll sure, be my sure symbol that something. I can't smell. Yeah, now that um, I think about it, I'm sure there are, like, there's technology and there's things out there that will help with that. It, so. Yeah, but it, it can still cause a lot of anxiety. Um, one of my roommates the other day was like, hey, the, uh, the dryer smells like gas. Mm. I was like, oh. I'm going to kill us because I like lighters. Um, and he's like, yeah, it just smells a little bit. I don't really know what's going on. But I, I had like a, a gas sensor in there because I have like detectors in every freaking room. Um, and it didn't go off or anything. So we're like, oh, maybe you missmelled it or didn't smell it. Like, or maybe it was something else. COVID knows. I have no idea. Um, but it, it, it is kind of weird because uh, when it comes to food, like milk, if it's like a day or two expired... And I drink it. I'm like, yeah, it tastes fine. Other people are like, oh my god, like, what are you doing? So, um, I always throw it away on the expired day <laughs> or the day like of it. I don't play with it. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's probably expired. And I probably don't know. It's probably not good for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it can definitely cause some anxiety. I think especially with um, like bodily smells. 
I'll apply deodorant like six times in a day sometimes or something. So I'm just like, I probably smell. Like, I'll never wear the same shirt. Oh, man. Because I assume <laughs> that it smells. Um, when we were yeah. in college, we would have him take <laughs> all the nasty stuff because uh, he couldn't smell. So that, yeah, that was always fun. Oh, and he's also volunteered to come and change my baby when uh, my baby has a uh, nasty diaper. So we're putting it. Hundred percent. Also, uh, that's why me and Ashok get along so well because I heard he's uh, he's stinky. So me and him, you know, I'm one of the few people that can be around him for an extended period of time. So what a beautiful relationship. Super. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But is there a word for it? Like, um, is there a specific term? Yeah, it's just... called anosmia. Oh, which anosmia. is funny because it's a n o s m i a, so like a nose m i a, missing an action. <laughs> That's another joke. That's going to be on the special too. Don't worry. So That's pretty good. We'll, we'll I like that one. Jokes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun times, especially now that talking to people about it, especially the ones that like know me, because I'm usually like first or second conversation, especially a shot. Like, let's do an interview and talk about smelling. Um, oh, <laughs> like I tell people pretty early on just so they can like get all their questions out of the way and I don't have to um, like repeat myself like at work I was talking to one of my coworkers, and like, I told her I couldn't smell because she said something about how like the restaurant we were in smelled really nice and I didn't say anything back because I can't be like yeah it does right <laughs> yeah it smells great like so I, I told her I was like yeah like, I'll just tell the whole team together so everybody can like brainstorm their questions uh, <laughs> so I don't have to be like talking to this person and this person, this person, this person. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know any different. So, I, I think we need to start yeah, writing so. a biography for us, Matt, and sending it to people that we're going to have on the show. That way they okay. kind of know about us before they come in. And maybe you can put like a frequently asked question section about your smelling. Okay. We'll start with uh, child trauma. And then, <laughs> oh uh, work goodness. our way up to all the anxiety. And then... Uh, yeah. You know, you go. I I will say last thing on smelling, and then we can go back to, to the real topic at hand all about the children and speech, which is actually way more um, probably important. Uh, <laughs> in high school, everybody loves and remembers Axe body spray, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I had the knockoff shit. I don't know what it's called, something else, and I would just douse myself in it after pee. <gasps> Because I didn't know any better. I thought that's what you're supposed to do, right? And I would go to, like, biology after. And I'm pretty sure people got contact high from me. <laughs> oh, my like, goodness. Like, we'd all sit in the back. And I think they'd just be like, yeah. You know, they're all talking real slowly. It's like, <laughs> pretty sure I was, like, high as shit during those classes. Because the fumes coming off of me must have been amazing. Not only was it just oh pure sweat, gosh. but also just whatever knockoff Axe body spray we had. That's hilarious. It's a wonderful combination. Sweat and Axe. <laughs> All right, Keith, uh, anything else that you wanted to share or talk about or discuss? Um, I mean, actually, there was one random thing I wanted to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, you're talking about anxiety. I have this weird thing called tripolophobia. Have you guys heard of that? It's a phobia of a cluster of holes. Um, so yes, it freaks I've seen me out. Online. Yeah. So it, that that's actually it causes me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, so it's a cluster of a pattern or of holes, like little holes. And when I looked into it, it's pretty much like um, this like automatic like fight or flight reflex that I get, where I just my body thinks I'm in trouble, um, so I kind of freak out, and uh, it's like super <laughs> super emotional. But yeah, that's phobias are another part thing apart. You know, 
with anxiety. No, no, totally. Um, so, so if you have like a like honeycomb, I can't. Like yeah, I was gonna say. Well, no, I was gonna or, say like a pasta strainer or like a strainer. That one, that one. I think because I've seen it so much, I I kind of got desensitized to it. But like, um, even this is funny. But like, even when I'm driving behind a truck and they have all those pipes, yeah, that freaks me out. Oh, seeing like uh, all the holes like that I, uh, <laughs> it freaks me out too but that's because i've seen final destination and i always assume one of those bad boys is going to come flying <laughs> off of me so i'm just like automatically getting out of the different lane Ooh. Um, yeah. interesting. Has- what about pomegranates yeah i don't like it even blueberries if i like wash blueberries in a bowl and i see them floating around it freaks me out how about grapes or like grapes are fine okay I don't know. It's weird. I have like specific things. And every time I talk about it, people will show it to me. Like, are you scared of this? Are you scared of this? <laughs> no, no, like, we wouldn't show it to you. We, we don't want to cause more okay. anxiety. That's, we'll, we'll that's the same it. thing. That's the same thing with not being able to smell. People are like, what about my old socks? I haven't yeah, I haven't washed like, them in 12 uh, years. Nothing. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's interesting though. Well, A little see, weird thing. But I don't think it's weird because one, I've, I've seen it on like Reddit and stuff, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of people that experience something similar. I mean, there's a word but for it, Matt. So obviously people experience yeah, it. <laughs> Thank you, Ashat. Sorry, can, but you, can you say uh, the word again? It's a tripolophobia. A, a tripolophobia? Tripolo- could... tripolo- yeah, let me see if I can bring it up. Uh, sorry, Matt. Well, well, don't, well, don't Google it and then we'll show you pictures. I know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm very careful. to do it without seeing it. A tripe. Oh gosh. Okay, here it is. I think I butchered it. It's tripophobia. Oh, tripophobia. Um, freaks me out. But yeah, that's that's a little side thing about me, I guess. Oh, these pictures are so weird. Why would they put these on there? It like makes me nervous just knowing that you're looking at it. Like (laughs) it's making me nervous just looking at the. I I literally looked it up and it's like. Yeah. So some people don't even know they have it. That's the funny part is like you don't know you have it until you've been exposed to it. So there's a test you can take and it'll tell you if you actually have the phobia or not. Um, I would not recommend doing that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to, well, I'm okay with pomegranates, but looking at these pictures with hands with holes in them, very freaky. It, yeah. Like it, it pretty much like to <sighs> someone who's afraid of it, it, it makes you think of um, infections or right. disease. Um, so you kind of, freak out like you think it's gonna go on you or you think you know like for that me makes it's a arms. lot of sense like, yeah i don't know why like i think it's gonna go on my arms and it's weird <laughs> no no that's yeah i mean yeah i mean from like an evolutionary perspective that makes total sense right like uh i've heard that the reason people will throw up or like if somebody throws up the reason other people will gag is because typically if somebody's throwing up and they're purging what's in their stomach it's because they ate something like poisonous mm-hmm. so everybody should also be throwing up too to like be like oh i had the same meal whatever oh. right which is interesting also because i can't smell i was mr cleanup throw up in uh, college oh. <laughs> it was literally like the specialist that they would call my freshman year when we couldn't handle our liquor and they'd be like, hey, so you can just clean that up. I'm like, I don't, I still don't like but looking at chunks of shit. Texture, I'm sure for you, the texture is worse. Like you're seeing it and. I would just like put it, like mop it up and then not worry about it. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have that like visceral reaction to the smell of it where people just start gagging. Mm-hmm. Also, drinking liquor has always been great because people are like, I don't want it. I'm like, can't smell it or taste it really. Just 
down the hatch. The only problem is he doesn't drink very much anymore, so it's it's a waste of talent to be yeah, completely really honest. Are Wait, when you've like when you're a pro and you've gold medaled in every drinking Olympic event that there is, there's no reason to to continue. You know, also I'm an old man now; my body can't take it. <laughs> it takes longer to recover. Oh my gosh, yeah. it really does. I can't do it either. But no, phob- phobias are are scary. I-, I used to be claustrophobic, mm. but I don't think I am very. I don't know. It's weird. I don't think I am very much anymore. I think I might still have that. Yeah. And a fear like of heights. Me too. But really I'm, bad. Yeah, I had it bad. But then like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I always test myself. Like I'll go like if I'm in a tall building, I'll go and I'll look down or like, I, and I've done like, like bungee jumping and stuff. So. No, no. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that helped you. Yeah. Um, I, I think exposure there. <laughs> I, I, I try to expose myself all the time. So. I can work through it. <laughs> you're treating yourself with all these different techniques. <laughs> I'm trying. You uh, you expose yourself all the time. <laughs> you're horrible. Not in that way, Matt. That's Just not what we are, no. That's funny. Anyway, yeah. thank you again for uh, coming you. on the podcast, Keys. It, it, was it was a pleasure awesome. having it you. A, it was a pleasure being on. It's an honor. Um, you guys are doing an amazing job, so I'm super excited to like listen to your next one. Yeah, yeah, thank you <laughs> I'm very much. Start... Are you guys posting this on your Instagram? I saw you have an Instagram. Uh, okay. We post well. We recently started posting like some video clips and stuff on Instagram. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we post anytime there's a new episode. We we put it up on our story, and um, uh, yeah, you know, awesome. we post it on yeah. each of our stories whenever we have new episodes too. I will mark it for you. I'll start putting, if you guys do any stories or anything, I'll just post it on my speech account that is only like 400 people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Thank you. Uh, and all if right. you want, uh, like Matt was saying, if you want to uh, give people your speech account too, oh, and they can tune okay. in and watch your cool videos and get some information, uh, feel free to. And we can also put it on the description of the app. Okay. So uh, do you want me to say what it is? Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> um, it's at Speech by Keys, uh, K-I-S. Um, and, yeah, and you're I'll on Instagram. It That's it? I'm on Instagram for now. Cool. Um, and Clubhouse, but yeah, not really. We talked about that. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> so right. at Speech Thank by Keys. Uh, if yeah. you guys are interested in um, watching some funny and informative videos. Um, and yeah, thanks again, Keys. Uh We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you.